Brought to you by Finery Stone. He's fit and ready to go. In good form. And he blasts away. Here's your host, Dave Stanley. Yeah, good morning. Welcome to Punters Postmortem on this Monday and looking forward to our first Punters Postmortem of the year on this 15th of January. Hopefully everyone had a great... uh Weekend, what a weekend it was with uh, all the different racing happening around the country. We're going to have our panel of experts join me very soon Michael Maxworthy, David Gately, and Chris Roots. And we're going to take your calls as well on 135353 if you want to be a part of the program or on the text line 0419 272. Do you think that was the best Magic Millions winner you have ever seen? We want to hear your thoughts. Give us a call. Uh, and get involved with the program. There was some great racing in Sydney as well uh, at Rose Hill. What about the record broken uh, there by uh, by that winner of uh, the big race, of course, with Jet Stanley and Annabelle Neesham. Uh, that was uh, unbelievable, the time in which they ran. And for those that uh, missed that on the weekend, if you're going back through your results of Saturday's racing at Rose Hill, well, you need to go to uh, one of the middle races of the day because it was the January Cup, a listed race over 2,000 metres. And Naval College has run 159.11, breaking a, a record that has stood there at Rose Hill for many, many years. Uh, so Naval College wins and wins well. And great ride from Jet Stanley as well, just stalking the speed there. And that horse definitely in the last couple of starts has uh, has continued to improve. So High Clare have got a really nice horse. As I mentioned our panel today, Chris Roots, Michael Maxworthy and David Gately. I might go to Gator first to say good morning to you. Welcome back to the program, mate. Great to have you on Sky Racing 1 on the weekend. And where did that win of Stormboy rank for you in Magic Millions winners? Well, good morning to you and, and the team and punters. Yes, uh, bring on 2024 and it feels like another carnival's on our doorstep and it is. Um, but to answer your question, I mean, to the eye... Uh, it was brilliant, wasn't it? Absorbing all that pressure and, and still racing away and as strong as anything through the line. I mean, that sort of uh, depth of speed endurance is elite areas for um, for any athlete. Um, and when you're running quicker time than a proper horse, older horse in King of Sparta, albeit off a faster first half, uh, you, you know, if those races were run together, he would have beat King of Sparta, wouldn't he? So um, it's no matter how you slice it, whether it's eye, clock, um, it was elite. It, it was sensational. Uh, Chris Roots joins us from the Sydney Morning Herald. Chris, you were there on track. You were at the Gold Coast all last week. Uh, obviously, uh, a big moment too for Adam Hieronymus. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? And um, got the job done. But realistically, um, did it ever look at, like getting beat? Once once um, the Mashani horse dropped off, Mashani Ego, it um, was left in front a long way in long way out out and Stormboy just basically kicked away and spoke to Blake Shin after the race and he said coming to the turn I thought I had it had it covered and he said within three strides the race was over basically so um that gives you some idea idea of how how good their winner went and the gaps in the field you don't see that too often. I think you'll see Highness probably kick on towards a slipper or a blue diamond and be pretty competitive. So, you know, it's um He's a worthy slipper favourite now, and the horse that was sold in the bar is um, on its way to maybe becoming uh, a fairy tale story this carnival this year. Michael Maxworthy joins us as well. Maxie, you've covered many Magic Millions. So, what did you make of Stormboy? Good morning to you. Yeah, well, he was the $2 favourite, so he was uh, clearly the horse that had the right form with those two dominant wins, uh, doing it at both ends, in particular the BJ McLaughlin where he, he didn't get the best of starts when he struck the petition out of the gate. And he didn't begin that well on Saturday as well, but he is a big strapping colt. But once he gets into stride, you could see him looming up, doing a bit of work there and, and then putting them away fairly quickly. The putter's got it right, Dave. Uh, the top five home with the top five in the market. There was a fairly lengthy tail to it after those top five horses. But uh, get, making comparisons, probably the horse that goes closest is, is in more recent times, 2016, I think, in Capitalist, who started uh, the hot favourite. He might have been $1.40 or $1.50, but he absolutely blitzed them as well and then went on to win the Golden Slipper. So, yes, uh, he was certainly the talk of the town storm boy on Saturday. Before we get into dissecting other runners from the race, let's hear what uh, some of the beaten jocks had to say in the uh, Magic Millions 2-year-old classic. 
She ran okay. Um, big step up in grade for a second start, but she'll be okay. Poster girl, Robbie Dollar. Yeah, ran home really good. Um, very honest effort. It's very hard to run them down when they're quicking up that well in front. She's a Chiquita, Damien Thornton. Yeah, nice mile in next prep. Territory Ash, Michael Rod. Yeah, she was really good. Um, she just got a long way back, which is sort of what we had to do to try and get her to see if she could hit the line, and she finished off really well. She's very honest. Sammy Collett, Mashani Ego. Yeah, she's obviously had to do a lot of work to cross from that wide draw, and has probably just felt um, the effects of recent racing. Jenny Meadows. She's ran well, I think, over the 1,200 metres. She was just a bit close to her top, so she didn't quite quicken off the bend, but to her credit, she kept finding the line, and she's going to be a nice filly over, over further in time. Jake Bayless. Mashani Express? Yeah, she's done all right. She's had a massive preparation. She's had like six or seven runs and four trials. So she's been up a long time for a two-year-old filly for the first preparation. So she deserves a nice little break now. And yeah, she didn't disgrace herself. Ben and Ara, John Allen? Yeah, look, a little disappointing. Um, just always chasing. We were never comfortable and it just may have come to the end of his prep. Finest, Tommy Berry? Yeah, really nice run from the gate. Uh, winner was just too good for us today. But my bloke, he's going to keep improving. He'll be better again next prep. Spywire James McDonald. Oh, sorry, James. Spywire James McDonald. He was um, gallant in defeat. He made a good surge to them, but um, probably the way the track's playing, he just couldn't reel them in. Blake Sheen, Wolfgang. Uh, look, I think the horse might pull up with a little issue. He travelled good for the first part and put an awkward stride to 500, and our race was over from then. Arabian Summer, Harry Coffey. Uh, it was a good run. She tried very hard, a bit stiff not to get third. We just got shunted out of the way at the top of the straight. She's only small, but she tried hard and, and, and did a good job. Jason Collett, Ernest Cube. Yeah, Menon's probably cost the running third. Got that hit up early uh, over racing, but, you know, he's still there at the finish. Mashani Aloha, Ben Thompson. Yeah, brilliant run. Uh, she's held on to, or stuck on to run seventh, went great in a field that looked to, obviously, only time will tell, but it seemed to ooze quality. So um, she's a nice filly going forward. That were the beaten jocks uh, from the Magic Millions tier old uh, classic. Now, a couple of texts here. A gator in relation to, I mentioned this to the Big Sports Breakfast team, obviously Dominic Byrne uh, put out a bit of a, a tweet uh, yesterday and it was in relation to Storm Boy saying that uh, Storm Boy destined to be champion two-year-old this season if he maintains yesterday's performance. The IWS computer rates him the highest Magic Millions two-year-old winner ever, topping dance hero. And then obviously we've had a few people texting this morning saying, well, is there any um, query to that because of the new track surface there at the Gold Coast. And I just sort of wanted a, a comment from you on that. Uh, do you look at that when you're looking at your data or different data compared to uh, now that it is a new track surface there, or is it uh, is it all all the same? Uh, no, it's not all the same. Um, I, I think that's the thing with our sport, isn't it? Um, two parts. One, there are so many variables to our great game. And two, there are many, many different ways to come to a result. You know, we've mentioned it before, um, you know, the, an old colleague of ours, Lizzie Jelfs, doesn't do much form but finds a lot of winners just by looking at them. Um, others don't necessarily look at the, the data and trust their eye and, and then there's the data. The, the probably a combination of all of those is probably the right way to go. But to answer your question, I think it's a, a new track. Um, it's, it's significant. So um, it, it is difficult, I think... Um, Look, it's, I don't think there's any more respected uh, ratings uh, people than Dominic Byrne and Mark Reed, who I happened to work with for a week, and, and those sort of guys. Um, but for me, uh, I think what's more relevant when you have a new track and this sort of setup is relative times on the day, um, because that's a, a better parallel, in my very, very humble opinion. So I'm looking not necessarily to Dance Hero, I'm looking at King of Sparta. Either way, um, it's it's elite, <laughs> so you know. I think one of us we both took a different route, but came to the same destination. Yeah, and of course, King of Sparta. I know that there's a a few Magic Millions wins in there, but we're talking about a, you know a horse that's had 27 starts, seven wins, and 3.2 million in prize money. So uh, it is an interesting point, and I guess time will tell. But uh, he's going to get the best chance, and fingers crossed, we get to see him right through at the autumn at his top. Uh, Storm Boy. Let's get to some callers here and uh, get involved with the program. Thirteen fifty-three fifty-three. David's on the line. He wants to talk about Storm Boy. Good morning, David. Hi, boys. Look, um, I think he's the second second most exciting horse I've seen for this year coming, Storm Boy. But the key to what you just said is what happened on what happened on the day 
And it, I think if you go through history, I'd, I'd have to look at the record. It's quite rare that two-year-olds run faster than older horses. But the other key is that um, Stormboy carried 57, obviously, because they all did in the Magic Million. So did King of Sparta. If they were not a two-year-old, would never race an older horse. But if they were meeting sort of at weight for age, it would be carrying like 49. You know, so it's probably carrying, compared to King of Sparta, it's probably carrying eight kilos more than it should if you're comparing the time, which makes it even even better. But I think it's all in the time. But, I mean, the impressive thing about the horse, it's actually more bred, you'd think, to win an AJC derby. Mm, he does have some really interesting breeding, uh, Maxie, when you look at him. And, I mean, Justify is it a very interesting song. I thanks for your call, David, because when he arrived here, and I think it's like anything, um, obviously we uh, we tend to, as Australians, uh, probably want to breed to, you know, your I'm Invincibles, your Schnitzels, and, and look to that path. And he was a new season sire, and there was a lot of money invested by Coolmore to get him to Australia. But he's now obviously got um, a top-level youngster over there in Europe in the city of Troy. Uh, he's got some very smart youngsters in America, naturally, and now this bloke down here. So, uh, Dad, doing good things. Yeah, well, the, the Triple Crown winner um, out over longer distances there in America from a fast-knit rock mare, Pelican. So, it's got a wonderful pedigree. And when you look back at it now, that 460000 they paid for him is a bit of a bargain. Big colt, lovely big horse, and you would think... Right. Now, who knows what he could extend to? You know, as a three-year-old, he could go around in a cox plate. Who knows? But I think sort of looking at him and looking at that pedigree, G14, 1600 is perfect. And with his high cruising speed um, and his toughness, yeah, perhaps uh, the best is yet to come over something a little bit further. That time of 1.8, Dave, as you say, um, you guys absolutely spot on. Time's relevant on the day. And he did go slightly faster than King of Sparta. Um, I'm not sure whether they, you know, the ratings people just put that time in because that time would have blown up the computer, the 1.8. Um, I mentioned Capitalist on the old track. He ran 1.929, so one and a quarter seconds slower. So, but, but as you say, clearly relative uh, to the other 1,200-metre races on the day, it was a super performance. Mm. And one thing about him and, and visually, and I know we're going to get to an next caller, Greg, in a moment, but one thing about him, Chris, is the manner in which he does it. Um, or whilst we're, you know, we, uh, watching on television, it might be sexy to watch the uh, the horses with those quick turn of foot coming from the back of the pack, but he just continues to uh, to, to roll through his gears uh, in a mm. real sort of interesting fashion. Yeah, and I think yeah. the other great story to come out of it, Chris, is, is Adam Hieronymus. You would have been following the story. He was, was on for a couple of years and it was this time last year that he was actually based at Eagle Farm for a number of weeks um, riding Gay's uh, and Adrian's Magic Midian's horses track work. And then I remember him saying, well, I'm going back to Sydney. I'll ride a few trials. And then the comeback was imminent. And then he sort of fractured his shoulder, didn't he? And we, we didn't see him back riding until May after all those years. So eight months ago. And it's great to see him being rewarded for for all of his hard work. And, gee, in his first season for a long time, he's doing a great job with 21 Metro winners in Sydney that places him around about eighth. And when you consider he doesn't ride under 56, I think um, he was a bit of an unsung hero there at the coast on Saturday. Well, he's an invaluable asset for the um, Waterhouse Bot Stable. He he had a lot to do do with um, winning the flight stakes earlier in the in in the year with Tropical Squall, he, he basically said to Gay, you should take this to the mile and you'll be winning a Group 1, and that, that happened. And he's got a lot... He, he's become a he's become one of those jockeys that they listen to now. And, you know, they've got Timmy Clark and Adam there. Timmy can ride a bit lighter. Adam Adam's a bit heavier. And what he, he's done is, is, is remarkable. The comeback after a break, it, it's always hard to just get your touch back, and it takes a couple of months, but he's riding in the best form of his career. And I think the break has really wakened the hunger in him. And he, he, he now rides, rides at, the, at a top level. And he's getting towards that, that, that level, that top level of jockey. And, um, notice, noticeable that Godolphin used him to win, to win the spring champion too on Tom Kidden. So it's, um, it's, it's a great redemption story for him. As for the track, having walked it, um, uh, with Nevesh on, on the weekend and last Saturday, there's 
There's a lot of grass on it, which is a, a key factor for Navicious tracks. And also now there's the cambers on the turn. So they are running faster time. They on that slow track, Maxi, the week before they they were running running close to class, to um, class records and track records. So yeah, I think it's going to be a lot quicker track, and mm. that will factor in uh, once once they get a couple of uh, six months of data. It'll 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 bed in where where those times those rate. But you just got to look at your eye and say he spread eagled the field. There there were were some handy two year olds there, and um, he just. He just has the perfect racing style. He sits on speed and then accelerates. And if you can accelerate from the front like he does, there's not many things, that, not many get run you down because you're running at times that that makes their their task impossible. Let's get to our next caller on the line, uh, Greg. G'day, Greg. Yeah, g'day, Dave. How are you going? Good, mate. Uh, what uh, what's on your mind, mate? Okay, I'd just like to get an opinion from the panel about some recent changes to the the printed form guide in the Daily Telegraph. So just with um, short form, meeting, sorry, form for short form, form, short form for meetings like the Gold Coast and Melbourne, if you look at a horse, say, in the Magic Millions in race eight, Storm Boy, it's won its last two races, but it says it, it doesn't list the horse that comes second, so it goes two and a half length win of five, then Storm Boy, two and a half length win of six, Storm Boy. The form guide used to list the horse that came second. So that always gave you an idea if a horse had beat a, a good horse previously. And that change has come about in the last month. I was just wondering if there's any reason why that happened. I don't think there's any particular reason. Uh, obviously, it's a different paper to the one that uh, Chris works at with uh, you working for Nine and we're talking about news. Mm. Um, Chris, you would know in print media that it's getting smaller. Yeah, I'm not sure, quite sure. I haven't seen this change. I'll have a I'll have a look now that's been brought to our attention. Like, um, we get all our all our pages from Page Masters, and um, there's a, there's a, the forms provided to us. About say that'd be the same for for the Telegraph. So you you sort of um, just got to have a look at it and I think everyone will be looking at that because that's probably you don't really want to as you say you want to know who ran second and in races particularly in that short form if it's just that yeah. plot, plotted form not the full form it's just happened over the last month so I just found it a bit strange okay we'll keep it yeah. on it uh, we'll keep it on it Greg because All right, uh, thanks for that. no dramas mate um because that uh, that is something that uh, you do notice uh, when I go to various tabs and venues across New South Wales that uh, whilst we are all on our phones and uh, everybody's on their phone, uh, well, not everybody, but a lot of people are on their phone either doing form, texting, um, betting, or they could be at the EBT, but um, you do see the papers um, still floating around. So it is something that I hope continues forever. But obviously, too, uh, that world is changing in print media. Uh, let's talk about the three-year-old uh, classic boys because we did touch on, obviously, Storm Boy. And I want to get your opinion on King of Sparta. Uh, not on uh, King of Sparta, sorry, on um, Abounding, who for Robert Heathcote and uh, Martin Harley. I might come to you here, Maxie, because Martin obviously was quite crook, had that bad fall. He's worked his way back. And uh, Robert Heathcote has a very, very good winner after, of course, we had this delayed start. Yeah, well, it, I think it was about an hour and a half. I think we were due to go at 4.20 and they were in the gates and then we had that incident with Sydney Bowler, which was, for me, so disappointing because he's unbeaten in three starts and he was one horse that I was really looking forward to seeing there on Saturday. So there are a couple of disappointments in the race. Chrysler or Soprano, I don't know whether they were affected in that they had to go back to the tie-up stalls, wait, go around again. Chrysler is a cold. But it w was all about abounding. And I must admit, um, she's been one of my favourites, but I thought she was a bit of a risk at 1,400 in a high-pressure 1,400. But she is tough. Um, she's always in for the fight. Martin put her in the right spot there, and she managed to get up and score. And again, um, with Martin Harley from Ireland, he did a little bit of a stint in Hong Kong, in Melbourne, went back to Ireland and decided he, he'd like to make Queensland home. And he was going quite well until he, he had a nasty fall out of the barriers at Doombin around about, I think it was late December of last year, not long before the Magic Millions, where he was booked to ride Alpine Edge and, and also Centrefire. And they both won their Magic Millions, so it must have been tough for him. 
Um, but he's worked his way back, and I know he was just so delighted. You could see Ali interviewing him coming back to scale there on a bound. He a beautiful filly with a lovely, baldy face, and it was just a, a great interview to watch. And his family were there, and just amazing what happened to him 12 months ago to Saturday. So I'm sure he would have had a good celebration with the family on Saturday night, Martin. What did you make of it, Gator? Abounding in the three-year-old guineas. Yeah, look, I think her great asset is her will to win. You know, she was that was on display at the start prior to that, and she took uh, the entire straight to wear them down. But uh, you could tell her appetite for the contest was um, exceptional. And uh, the more I watched that replay, I actually thought 1,400 would really suit her. I take Maxie's point, but um, when they're taking time to wind up and keep coming, it's generally a good recipe um, fast pace, fast time theme for the day, um, but certainly good time relative to uh, the Samana race on the day. So a lot to like. It looked an even race on paper, and it was, given you know the uh, the eight horse trifling beaten one point seven lengths despite a fast speed. So look, I don't think there's a lot of talent between a lot of them, um, and you know the margins and back that up. But and when that's the case, you know so often that that will-to-win aspect uh, takes you a long way. What about uh, the performance of abounding for you, Chris? Yeah, it was a, a good win. Uh, uh, sort of overshadowed a bit by the drama behind the barriers. There was, um, there was all sorts of things going on there. When they when they were in the tie-up stores, they were, and this goes back to the king casting a plate, which caused the initial delay, Um there was a, a bunch of bottles. The bin for the bottles was behind the tie-up stores and they they put all the bottles into a bin and the king's just taken off and that's when it sprung its plate. And then they couldn't get it back on, so they sent it around to the barriers and they ended up having to take the plate off because it took a portion of its hoof off. Then you had um, then you had Sydney Bowler in the barriers and, you know, we all saw what happened there. It was It was just in such an awkward position. They had to take the barriers apart and... Um, sedate him to get him out and fortunately he's okay and then abounding comes out and after all the drama and you know Gator can probably talk about this being an athlete better than most if you've got a time when you're going to run and then you, you you have a put back by a significant amount of time the um the nervous energy probably played a factor in a lot of some of the poor performances but she was really good and she um Martin Harley um Rob Heathcote said after the race look Martin said a month ago, we don't need to run again after the gold edition. So um, Rob trusted him. He said he's, he's not only a jockey, he's a horseman. Um, he said we just needed to... So we just gave her a, a week off and then brought her back into the stable. And, you know, she raced that little bit fresh and she got the job done. So well done to the team there. And um, now off to the All-Star Mile with the, um, with the invite you're getting Queensland. You're getting Queensland. Uh, just on uh, the couple of texts here on the text line, you can get involved, 0419-767-272. We saw a story pop up last week at Magic Millions in relation to uh, Channel 7, and they wanted uh, they had a bit of an idea about uh, AirPods or some form of technology behind the gates, not during a race, but just behind the gates, where I'm tipping that Bruce or Haim or someone could throw to a particular jockey, and that jockey would answer questions based on, I guess, how the horse is feeling, thoughts, going to the gates and whatnot. That plan was scrapped. Based on what we saw with the guineas, do we still... Do, how do the three of you feel about technology like that being brought into our sport? I might go back to you, Chris, first. Yeah, it's an interesting one, mainly because Channel 7 tried to do this on the day, on one of the biggest days of racing for for owners more than anything. Like if you, you think you've got a horse running in a $3 million race, um, there's, there's, there's all sorts of pressures going on around it. Now, if, if this is going to work and it, it has worked in European golf and uh, on the PGA tour as such, they trialed it in round one and two. So they didn't go out and say, we're going to do it magic millions day and start it straight away. So do it on a Saturday in Sydney or, or Saturday in Melbourne trial it, get the technology, get the get the jockeys used to the technology. And once the the people are comfortable with the technology and comfortable that it's not going to affect performance, then you can go to the bigger days. I know 
um, we all want to have whiz-bang things and we want to have, be more interactive. And we've seen that in football. We've seen interviews with players as they come off at halftime and things like that. They're coming off at halftime, they're going for a break. Here they should be focused on riding the best possible race and how they're going to get them out of the barriers. Um, I don't think it would have caused the drama. The dramas around the guineas were caused by the horses and things like that. And there probably wouldn't have been time to put earpods in and things like that then. And were, my understanding is they had trouble with the women and technology on, so that's why they called it off. But um, I think they've got to have buy-in from everyone in 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 the um, in racing. So I think they've got to got to get it done. Um, let people know what's going on. They didn't do that very well this this time around, but I I, I can see a place for it because you know it's great to hear from Rory McIlroy walking down the fairway for an earpod in. Why he's walking down like at that point, but it's it's just got to be trialed at a at a lower level before you start doing it on a three million dollar race because the first time something goes wrong, they're going to point the finger at, at you, and if it goes wrong in a three million dollar race, it magnifies the the problem. So I would think I would hope we'd see it in Sydney in the next couple of weeks maybe and see how how it goes or or Melbourne and um, then. From there, we can find out whether whether it's um, whether everyone's comfortable with it. What about yourself, Gator? Does it uh, is it of any interest to you? Oh, for sure. I think uh, there's always room for um, initiative uh, and new ideas, and, and certainly at least uh, discussion over it. I mean, it came out on on social, and people just savaged it. It's like at least listen to it. One bloke, I don't know, who it was. Um, I don't follow him, but came out and said, I haven't read the article, but here's my opinion on it. I mean, come on. You, at least have a, at least be an adult and have a discussion. You can, you can have, listen to other people's opinion. And Look, if we're trying to innovate the sport, I think we need to be open to new ideas. Uh, but that's what people do. I mean, at the local park here, they wanted to put lights up so kids could play sport. The locals complained. I mean, just, you know, we, we, just, you just, our, we don't need, our problems in this country are uh, pretty elite. What about yourself, The other thing Maxine? we could go to, the other thing we, we could go, go to is that it's, it, 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 it brings people, people expect that now in, that, in sport. They expect to be yep. able to get that interaction. And it's a way of getting interaction action that's um, from someone who's on the field. Like I was speaking to a couple of people from Channel 7. I spoke to Richo on Saturday night and he said, we're, we're talking to a bloke who's facing 150 kilometre ball and he's switching on and off. And, and, and that works. But, you know, it's just about having, the, you know, that talk, three or four seasons, you've got to get the people comfortable who are going to be doing the talking and know the ones who are comfortable to talk. That's the, that's the, that's the thing. And as we saw with Drive to Survive, I don't think Ferrari and um, Mercedes didn't go in. Or Mercedes and Red Bull didn't go in, in the first year. In the second year, they, they were the first thing you saw on the series. So, you know, as soon as you get one or two, two people show it, it works and they, they, they get a bit of credence out of it, it'll take off. But let's, let's, Let's just try it at the lower level first. Uh, Maxi, a comment from you? Yeah, um, I think in an ideal world, it's the best thing ever. But uh, we're not dealing with sportsmen. We're dealing with, uh, well, jockeys, but they're riding these pumped-up racehorses, um, you know, uh, for million-dollar races. Um, is there a risk factor? Um, if you're an owner or a trainer, do you want your, your jockey 30 seconds before start sort of having a chat with someone? As I said, there's, there's um, uh, certainly I'm a little bit like Chris. Let's just trial it on a lower level and see how it works. If it does work, great. But I'm always a little bit concerned about these jockeys riding these, you know, 500 kilo animals and how, um, you know, they're going to react to it. Okay, very interesting. I must admit, boys, I'm sort of, uh, I sort of come and go from the idea. Uh, a part of me thinks, yep, it'd be great if I was sitting at home and how good we could cross behind the gates and and talk to J Mac. But a part of me also feels, in that time of leaving the gate to the barrier, what are we talking? I mean, obviously, you get some places that go late and are delayed, but we're not talking a huge amount of time. Uh, and at the moment, we've already got a schedule. I mean, we're, well, I know we're talking about Channel 7, but if this was to be trialled on Sky and, and incorporated into to coverage as well, there's only a limited amount of time, really, with all the other information that needs to be put out there. So I know that J-Mac came out of Melbourne Radio last week and said he had other things on his mind and re- didn't really want to be 
talking to people, but then you've got people like Craig Williams, who was a supporter of the concept. I think you've hit the nail on the head, Chris, in relation to trialling it uh, at a lower tier meeting and working the way through. I also, too, I, I understand the, the technology chat, Chris, in relation to our sport, but um, are we relying on technology too much? And what I mean by that is we have a great sport and we've um, got people watching our game. We I watched the seven uh, telecast on the weekend because uh, I couldn't get near the the sky coverage. So had to, you know, was watching seven. They actually, unfortunately, had to leave their coverage early because of news commitments and because there was a delay at the Gold Coast. But I must admit, I mean, I know they're always looking to improve, but that coverage from a neutral point of view, from a neutral punter who was just interested in watching the sport, I don't know what more they could do. Yeah, the thing is, the sport, our sport's becoming more insular. We talk to ourselves too much. And something like that's going to open it up to, you know, someone who might might just flicked on and go, oh, they're talking to the jockey behind the bar and what's he said, you know. I think we, we've... Yeah, so are we, are, we, look... are we targeting someone to have a bet or are we targeting just someone who's not investing on in our sport but we just want to hear? That, that's sort of the, the – the, what, what angle is it going to be? I is think it, you're targeting it... both, but you, you, you're, you've, got to, you've got to broaden the audience and that's what free-to-air TV does. Like if you, if you, you're, let's face it, you're not going to be watching Sky Channel unless you're, not, unless you're completely engaged in the sport where – you know, on Channel Seven on a day like Magic Millions Day, people turn on to watch the race and things like that, and they they get a they they get a taste for the sport, and it's a it's a it's a drop point for the for the sport. So you know, it's a touch touch point for the sport. So if you can get out of that, convert three or four people into to watching the next Saturday and the following Saturday, that's the that's what we what what the challenge for the sport is. Like I was on the Magic Millions on the weekend during the week and when I first started going there we didn't have any industry publications now we have three daily industry publications that talk to the industry and things like that we're, we're getting to a point where we're going away from having a wide, the wider community and you know people who bet, they talk to people who bet mainly but if you, you go out and go out for dinner so there's, there, there's, there's often in the group there won't be that many punters um, that's true. That's true. Uh, I'd love to know too uh, if they're if they're betting on other things or if it's just betting in general, uh, because then that's obviously a wider conversation. Let's talk about Naval College, uh, who was very impressive. Um, Gator smashes the clock in the January Cup. Could not believe too when we saw that info come through from Darren Flindell on the uh, on the socials that uh, this is a record that stood for many many years. One fifty nine eleven for two thousand metres at Rose Hill. Yeah, it looked phenomenal, wasn't it? And uh, I know it was a fast day, sure, but um, you know the, the reality is that that fast times, you know, don't lie. I'm yet to see a human uh, who runs fast time and not be fast. So I think it's the same sort of scenario for for horses. Um, obviously, this horse, Naval College, is uh, I mark him going into the race as a really good second level stayer, but. He has the potential off that uh, to reach the top shelf, I think. Sure, he did it with 53 and, and a fast speed set up the quick time, but you still got to run it. And the margin was significant back to second. The reality is the second and third horses both also broke the track record. Um, and then they put a gap on the fourth horse, which was Luncey, who is no slouch, you know, and gives you a good guide onto where this horse could get to. What about uh, yourself, Maxie, watching from afar? Did you catch uh, Naval College? Uh, not really, but I do know know the horse quite well. He, he was due to run up here uh, two starts ago, but Annabelle elected to keep him in Sydney. He's obviously a, a very nice horse going forward. And uh, Chris, a comment on yeah, Naval well, College? He's, his racing pattern's going to help him a lot, isn't it? He, he just jumps out, puts himself on speed, and then can accelerate off off a good speed. Um Baby Rider just went out so hard in that race and you know, just dragged them along and broke them up a long way from home. On the fact that he had 53, well, that's what happens when you're coming through your grades. You get these opportunities with light weights. So um, got into the race, did the job, um, very well supported by punters. And, you know, um, we'll, we'll see see where, where, where he goes from here. I'd say he's looking towards the autumn now, whether Annabelle gives him a little break and sort of, has to come back a little bit to to get the timing right for autumn. That'll be that'll be the interesting things. But 
he looks like he'll stretch longer and the Sydney Cup might be where you go. And I'd say get pretty short in that market because he's still got to get in the race. He's still got to win a couple more races. I think the January Cup would probably have you at the bottom of the weight. So, you know, you still got to consider where, where you're going to be and how you're going to get in there. And you have to win a couple of races probably to get into a Sydney Cup. But, geez, if you can do that over two miles, it'll be being had pretty hard to beat. What about uh, the performance, uh, gents, of Derry Grove in the syndicate race there at the Gold Coast? Uh, Matt Dunn training there in Mwoolambar. Of course, uh, things didn't go to plan for this horse in the Kosciuszko. Uh, Nash, a really interesting one because I know Brodie Loy's been doing a lot of uh, work with this horse. He trialled the horse back on the 27th of December, but he could have stayed in Sydney, Nash, and, uh, and had some good success probably at that Rose Hill meeting, but he went to the Gold Coast for two rides, he rode this horse and also the horse of Chris Lees later in the day. And you get the feeling after the race that this is the reason why he was on the Gold Coast, Maxi. Yeah, I think the 1100 was perfect for him. Uh, from memory, he might have won his first race at Warwick Farm on a very heavy track. He has had a, an interrupted career. But uh, one day at Randwick there, when was that? That was uh, in a Class 2 highway. He looked like an open company horse, so... He's had the good spell, returned, and they got the money with Nash up. Gator, I know you were cheering for the other fellow. I thought he was going to get the cash. Um, Hill of a Barty was railing up, and I think the key to Hill of a Barty, Gator, is the short trips and keeping him fresh out. He just missed out the other horse, just got him right on the line. Yeah, that's it. I think that's the right recipe for this horse. You're right. And, and add to that, I mean, he was given an absolutely perfect ride, and every possible chance... Um, you just don't get too many opportunities, do you? $26 in, but um, touched off right on the line. The winner's pretty handy. And uh, look what they did to the third. It was three legs to Golden Boom and three and a half or four lengths nearly to Prince of Boom, who are, you know, they're group horses. So, um, look, a lot to like around the Quinella going forward when the setup's right. Yep. Chris? Yeah, Matt Dunn had a double there, and both have had five wins now, so they sit on the precipice of getting into a country championship, and I think that's where they could go to to Lismore. Like, uh, both really good winners, and um, Nash um, just got the timing exactly right, and um, he was... was, They've always had a wrap on this horse, and now they've finally got the result, and... You know, they're going to have to pick and choose carefully, but I think he'll go on and win maybe a black tight race or two. All right, we're going to take a quick break. At 9.46, you can give us a call on 13.53.53 if you want to be a part of the show. On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report. Holiday like a VIP with Fly Centres First and business travel experts tailoring high-end holidays to suit your every need. Visit flightcentre.com.au to find out more. Sydney, Blakehurst, Breakdown, Princess Highway, northbound approaching King George's Road. Heavy track today. Who are you thinking? Mm, not vibing risky lettuce. Getting sinker vibes. Risky name. Feels risky. Yeah, right. Though, says on the Tab app she's firming. Ah. Don't just vibe it. Get expert tips and sky racing analysis in Tab's new race feed. Yeah, actually, I'm getting swimmer vibes. Down with her. Of course you are. Tab, we're on. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Introducing the 2023 World Performance Car of the Year. The Kia EV6 GT, 430 kilowatts of power and 740 newton metres of torque. With its unique Australian-tuned GT suspension and steering, the Kia EV6 exceeds all expectations. The Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever built. Kia, movement that inspires. Welcome back to the program. It's at 9.47 on Sky Sports Radio. We're going to take some calls on 13.53.53. Just a text on the text line here, Gator, about Union Army, who was a pretty good winner at Rose Hill on Saturday there for Gerald Ryan and Kira McAvoy. Yeah, agree. He's a really nice horse as well. And just shows you the line between carnival and off-season is pretty grey these days. And and we can always find an up-and-comer. I'd be surprised if this isn't a bottom-end competitive stakes horse. A few little things to iron out, like you'd love to see him put himself in a race, but again, slow into stride, back off a solid speed, and um, the finale was uh, was uh, exceptional, you know, and beat Pirelli, who's no slouch, and 
um, some, some merit on the clock as well. So, but again, after reference, it was a pretty fast day. But shortened version, yes, likable horse. Uh, what about uh, the performance, not only of Union Army, Chris, but just before we get to this next caller, there's a text in the text line about uh, Testator Salins, who was very good in the last. Yeah, he, he he really found the line well. And Joe's taken a couple of runs just to get him into the right race, got him into the right race and got the job done. He'd put the right... Both horses have put their riding on the wall at their last start. Union Army, I think he just needed to run the start before he... He got to them about the 150 and then topped about the 100 and, you know, it was been four-way photo. When the speed was on and he, he, he could sit back and let go like he can, that really played into his hands on the weekend. Good to see him get home for Gerald and Sterling, who had a double on the day. We've got Sean on the line uh, from Marimula, good part of New South Wales. G'day, Sean. Hey, mate. How you going? Very good. What's on your mind? Oh, I just thought that the... Uh... The, talking to the jockeys before the race, one jockey you definitely wouldn't want to talk to would be Craig Williams. Oh, as in, as in he'd be talking too much? Yeah, yeah, they'd have to delay the race for five minutes. They'd have to delay. Very good, yeah, Sean. Very good, very good. Uh, I look forward to more of your content later in the week. Keep it coming, <laughs> mate, uh, for 2024. You can only improve uh, now in terms well, of... Have you got another one for us? No? All right, drive safe. Um, There's a text on the text line here about Louisville as well. He finally put it all together, Gator, in Sydney. Yeah, another neat win. Um, He was an interesting one. He was uh, put into the race from a good draw, which was the difference. I think he just got lost last time. I know they had a plan, wide draw, go back, run home. He beat every all bar one. was Miracle Spin, who's no slouch. But this time, he was able to put him in the race and... Uh, he was under pressure a fair way from home, but he responded to that, hit the lead a, a fair way out and seemed to get a bit lost. I mean, he hadn't been there for a while, but um, but kept going strongly to the line. So there's definitely more wins in him uh, when he's able to be, as I say, put into the race. And uh, I'd love to see him accelerate a little uh, quicker. Um, I think that's that's a tool, something he needs in his little tool bag to go to the next level. And Maxie, uh, a comment from you from a text on the text line. Uh, can you ask Maxie about Too Darn Lizzie? who was very good in the debut two-year-old Phillies plate, of course, owned by Lord Webber, and straight at the front, and looks like she's got some speed. Yes, uh, she showed what she uh, was made of in a barrier trial at Warwick Farm. She'd only had the one trial, and she led from gate number six. Uh, Tim Clark gave her a bit of a squeeze, and there was a fair bit under the bonnet, so it was no surprise to see her get the money at her first start, although, if you're on her at the short price, she was under a lot of pressure. Uh, Ma Eustace, first start of Frobel's star, applied pressure to her. She was hanging a little bit, turning to Darn Lizzie. The other filly might have put her nose in front, uh, but she really picked up um, and found the line, as uh, Waterhouse bot runners do. And uh, it was a great day, wasn't it, for that stable? To, um, they're having a wonderful year. I know a long way behind Chris Waller at the moment, but Waterhouse spot have only had half the runners, and uh, strike rate looks pretty good. So they had three winners there on Saturday, and that was the first of them too. Darn Lizzie, she she looks um, a very talented filly in the making by a horse that was very popular at the sales in Too Darn Hot. What about our next callers? We'll go to uh, Robert from Borkham Hills. G'day, Robert. Yeah, g'day, fellas. I just wanted to, uh, I'm not sure if you had mentioned, but uh, Waterhouse spot still got a nice one back in the stables there, Shangri-La Express too. They certainly do, don't they, Gator? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we see what uh, what that two-year-old can do um, into a second campaign. Obviously, there'd be some natural improvement furnishing with any young athlete, right? So that's going to be the making or breaking of that horse. But, um, you, you know, we know they can improve uh, significantly prep to prep uh, this age demographic. What about um, your thoughts on Shangri-La Express, Chris? Just a comment? Yeah, it went through... And won the Golden Gifts already in the Golden Slipper. So it's ticked that box already. I think um, Stormboy might just have to run one small time. I think it'll go to uh, uh, Todman to get there. They've got a great, great hand, haven't they? Got straight charge. I think he might be. He might get back for the for the the Slipper as well. So you know, I think you're going to be seeing plenty of Gay and Adrian on the TVs. They've had a 
marvellous season. I think they've almost got $3 million in prize money from their two-year-olds already. And Dave, I really love the way... Yeah. yeah, guys, I really like the way Snowden's um, bodyguard trial the other day. I was actually hoping he'd come up here for the Magic Millions, but it looks like he's probably going to go to the Blue Diamond. But he looks a nice horse as well. You see where he's $13 for the slipper. Stormboy Dave, um, straight after the race on Saturday, I, I think Tad firmed him in. I know you might be able to clarify. It was like 450 or something. And they six kept and, on. Yeah, 6 into 450 after the and win. Ne- now 350 today, mm. so he's firmed up even further. And the race, of course, is still three months away, 23rd of March. So, yeah, people are all over him at this point. They want to be a part of it, don't they? Mark's on the line. G'day, Mark. Morning, Dave. Morning, boys. Uh, I've got a question for Gator. Did you happen to watch the second race at Murray Bridge on, on the weekend? A horse called In My Room, a Spirit of Boone Colt. No, I didn't see the race. Uh, I'll get back into the Adelaide form this week. Um, so okay. the short answer is no, but I'll certainly have a look, yeah. Okay, well, um, obviously, the Jollies are trying it. <clears throat> was meant to go to Hong Kong, but passed the, uh, failed the medical or the veterinary inspection to go over there to Price and Chapman uh, barn, and um, they won by six lengths and run similar time to the, um, the Open Handicap Race 3. Yeah, and I just thought first start in the race, six length, outside the leader, and just left them to be impressed. As Maxi likes foreign uh, X Factor horses, I think Maxi, have a look at this horse. It's certainly got X Factor, mate. Right, oh, okay. As soon as we get off here, I'll be having a look. By Spirit of Thanks, Boom. Mate. By Spirit of Boom, that one. So, yeah, and those price bloodstocks. So, that was Murray Bridge on the weekend, race two. What they run fifty eight forty for a thousand last six hundred thirty three eighty three right? We'll keep an eye on in my room there. A couple of texts as well here late on the text line. Uh, lead me on. What did we make of lead me on in the uh, the debut two year old um, Maxi? Yeah, just, yeah, just disappointed when the draw came out. He he drew the um, the absolute outside gate there over the thousand meters. Uh, but he did trial particularly well. He's by Brutal, uh, a gilding by Brutal. And at the coast back in late uh, December, um, he beat Heavenly Impact, who who ran second in that particular heat and ran second to him on Saturday in that two-year-old race. But, yeah, I was just a little concerned about where he'd get to, but he rode him positively, Michael Rod, got him up there nice and handy, although still very green. You can see him wobbling about in the straight, a little like his trial win. So I think there's still a fair bit... Uh, to come from him. So Chris Anderson was delighted that he's got a nice two-year-old going forward. And he had a winner, um, an ex-Randwick horse uh, that won on the first day, that first race called Deniloquin. So um, Chris didn't have too many runners there during the carnival at the coast, but he, he got a couple of winners and a nice horse going forward in Lead Me On. Good stuff. Um, Chris, just a comment uh, before we wrap it up on, there's a bit of a, a news coming out of Victoria, I see, with the cash betting. Is this? Yeah, the the, um, the, the tab's not going to take cash betting. Out. I think it's what's happened is that um, I've, I quickly scanned the story last night, so I'm not completely over it, but what happened was someone was putting in lots, loads of cash, so if it is un, un... So you can't just go in and put sums into your into the EPTs like you'll need to put them through a machine and, and have some human interaction I think the the main thing to come from it it's you know we we always have these problems we hear about the ones in racing all the time we don't hear about the ones that um, might be um, going through other forms of gambling in pubs and clubs yeah, I'm just reading an article here uh, from the Financial Review. Tabco will be forced to stop accepting cash bets uh, at its Victorian terminals unless they are moved within five metres of a bar after the state regulator found the company uh, had not uh, prevented miners using them to gamble. So uh, there's a couple of texts on the text line about this. So um, the Victorian Gaming and Casino Control Commission said on Sunday that from this month, typical customers who wanted to place a bet through those terminals would need to go to the bar, prove they're older than 18, and be given a voucher. Okay. So they're not banning... Okay, so they're not banning cash betting. They're just saying you have to go to the bar to prove you're 18. So obviously that would be under certain... So, so I, would, I, would, I would think what would be happening is... So if you walk in with the Zimmer function. frame, if you walk in with the Zimmer frame, they're not going to ask for your ID, fair dinkum. 
it's no, it's, it's, I think well, I think what it is is you know you can just feed money into the into a machine. Yeah, if no one's got any eyes on you, it doesn't matter. You you could be any age, could you? Like if you well, that's, that's just common like, sense. I, when, I think when you when you were when we were kids, we all sort of used to go up and get someone to have a bit for us at a tab, didn't you? I think that's just all common sense to move them into sight. I mean, you can't have any form of you can't have any form of in these days. You can't have any form of un um, unaccounted for betting activity. Doesn't matter whether it's a, a tab machine, a poker machine, or whatever. It should be you know it, it should just be uh, within sight, um, especially if there's you know people that are underage in there. That's just common sense. So again, um, I see a bit on social media about cash betting being banned and whatnot, but. The story doesn't look like it's that. It just looks like it's been uh, there's been an issue and it needs to be sorted. So um, that will play out as we see fit. Some horses to follow, gents. Before we wrap up, what are we backing? Don't all, ju- <laughs> don't all jump in. Was it that bad um, of a weekend, Gator? What are we backing? All righty. Um, I sort of forgot about this. I'm a bit rusty. Uh, so race, we'll go at Pirelli out of Sydney. Um, gave the winner Union Army, who we raced. Uh, three and a half kilos, and he was only first up. It was a good return. A couple out of Flemington crossover kid. I think I'll make a decent uh, second-level stayer. It was in race five, ran on strongly against a moderate tempo, and Captain Britton was the unlucky runner in race nine. Perhaps uh, a win in him soon as well. What about yourself, Maxie? Out of race four on Saturday, a horse called Viminelli. Um, I think third-time luckies, two runs back, have been absolute horror watchers. Um, so he deserves a change of luck. He'll probably drop back to a class four or a class five. So out of Magic Midian's day, race for Viminelli. And just quickly, Dave, um, honourable mention to King of Sparta, the shortest price favourite. He upheld his end of the bargain, I think, with a lot of people saying win multis on Saturday. And he won. He was bet down to $1.55. It was a brilliant win. And he's had three starts at the Gold Coast now at this meeting for the last three years, and he's, he's won them all. So... Looking forward to him returning in 12 months' time. What about yourself, Chris? Um, a strange one there, Paul. Paul Snowden brought, said to me, he brought along the kids so they could see see them have a winner. And, the, and they said, he said, come <laughs> along for this. This will be winning. So um, he was there being interviewed after the um, races. And he forgot the name of one of the kids at a metal break. So, Paulie, just um, brush up on the kids' names. Um, from Saturday, I, I like Ty, Ty Kun. Win in the um in the in the highway. I thought it was good late. It got it got out late and found the line. I think you can probably win a highway in the coming weeks. And horses that come out of highways and run well usually continue along that pattern. And then I've got two for the country championships. I think every Gary Grove might might end up there. I think it's a it's a really nice horse on the way up. And I think Gallant Star didn't have the best of luck in the straight. Again, it's it's on it's on path for the country championships. And once again. That race now a million dollars in the final. It's going to draw together the best of 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 those progressive young, um, lightly raced country horses, and um, we can start doing a bit of form around it. I like it, gentlemen. Thank you very much for being a part of the first ever punters postmortem for 2024. Look forward to the coming weeks. I know that uh, we're going to have. Uh, well, I think Gator hit the nail on the head. We've got to carnivals pretty much starting. Uh, or feel like they're starting very, very soon. I know we've got a couple of weeks leading up, but uh, before you know it, there'll be big races in Sydney and Melbourne again, and we'll uh, we'll be trying to find a winner. Have a great Monday, gentlemen. Thank you, guys.